No, I was going to make my own Instagram where I would call it Fawcett Wouldn't Craft. And I was just going to parody <laughs> you, like, of all the stuff that you were doing. Just do the That's opposite really of what he does. Do you just... have the time for that? I'll make time. It's worth it. <laughs> so just do the opposite of what he does. So he posts yeah. the office guitar. You post a Parks and Rec bass guitar. <laughs> hey, you want to help me? That's our next. Dylan? That's our next guitar right there. <laughs> Parks and Rec. Dude, we should do a Parks and Rec guitar now. You need to make the, the body of it in the shape of um, Ron Swanson's face. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That'd yes. be amazing. And yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Guess he's it. You're welcome. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Wouldn't It Be Nice podcast, where we talk about wood and stuff. We are joined by Travis, my co-host, and what's your name again? Doesn't matter. And uh, this is going to be a great episode. Uh, please join us on Patreon. Please give us your money. We much, uh, much appreciate it. Thank you. Money's great. Um, makes it possible to make this show even better. Um, and yeah, you know all the other stuff. So let's get going. Tonight, we have a very special episode from a very special person. And I mean, very special. He's my brother. Welcome, brother. Hello, I am my brother, Seth. Yes. We do not do drugs. We are joined by Travis, <laughs> the most wonderful co-host. I'm Travis. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Third Stall Projects. And you can follow me on Fawcett Woodcraft at uh, Gmail. No, that is not. Well, that's true, but um, it's been a really long day. <laughs> We're professionals. You can follow Dylan at Fawcett Woodcraft. Every- Thank you. You can follow me at Fawcett Woodcraft on Instagram, TikTok. Uh, that's pretty much it. Facebook. Cool. Um, so this week we are talking about wood. And I'm not saying that as a joke. We're talking about wood. We're talking about the science of wood, how wood moves, how it's measured, you know, with a tape measure and, and other more complex ways. And uh, we brought the expert, my brother. I, I want to preface everything I'm going to say with I am not an expert. This is just my own sort of internet binging over the last few weeks and my own kind of piece together theories based on everything I've been researching. So mm. if I say something wrong, um, I apologize. <laughs> I don't like up until like three weeks ago, I didn't know like anything about any of this. So you can send him hate mail. <clears throat> yep. Send me hate mail mm-hmm. at, uh, uh, Fawcett Woodcraft at Gmail. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'll just forward it to you. <laughs> Seth, why don't you explain your background of woodworking for us? So I don't have a whole lot of background in woodworking um, back in, well, actually it started back in like elementary school with uh, the whole Pinewood Derby, mm-hmm. working in my dad's garage, um, building little cars. That's fun. Um, and then didn't really do anything with it at all until eighth grade, like tech class. Mr. Dunning. Mr. Dunning. Mm-hmm. Built a... Built a little jewelry box for mom, hmm. which I was very proud of at the time. And she actually brought it out like relatively recently. And I'm like, oh no, that is that is not well done. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but I put my heart see, into it. I would love to see that. Like I actually, I remember like I wrote like, I love you, mom. And like <laughs> in wood glue on the inside of the lid. Wood glue? <laughs> yeah. Like tight bond, yeah. Like you just, oh my gosh, <laughs> that is really funny. Um, past that, nothing, nothing that had to do with woodworking or really much of the sort. Um, up until just a few months ago, worked on my son's first Pinewood Derby car through his Cub Scout experience. Mm. So. That was actually a whole lot of fun uh, getting back into it, going back to those those nostalgic uh, memories of of doing that in the garage with my dad. And like now getting to share that with my son, I was like, "This this is such a cool experience." So mm-hmm. I think it's uh, made me realize like how much fun it is doing doing woodworking and stuff like that. So like I don't know, we'll see where that goes. I'm it's opened my eyes. Is that what kind of started your recent quote unquote binging of just kind of piling on the, the wood sciences and the wood knowledge. No. So actually I'm going to, uh, thank you. Uh, full transparency here. I am a complete and total nerd. Uh, video games are like my hobby. It's just what I do. Um, and I was actually listening to a different podcast that was talking about a theory about uh, the character Steve from Minecraft Mm -hmm. and how uh, like the force would take him to actually punch down a tree. Like in the beginning of the game, you have to like punch down trees and gather wood for resources. I don't know how familiar with the game, but um, so he was, he was talking about that, about like the, the physics of what was actually going on there. And he was talking about like the Jenka hardness scale and, um, uh there's something else you mentioned there as well i don't know but literally like i listened to your guys's podcast where you talked about uh soaring with uh matthew Hayland, i think mm-hmm. it was and um <clears throat> you guys were also talking about the jenka hardness scale oh moisture content i think is what it was mm-hmm. and i was like mm-hmm. hey because you guys were kind of confused about that and i was like hey i actually know a little bit about that it's like that's that's kind of cool. So I <clears throat> I called Dylan up that night. I shared that with him. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Hey, this is kind of this kind of the story behind that." He's like, "That's really cool." And I'm like, "That was really cool. I I should do more of that." No, I was like, <laughs> you should just come on the podcast. It's fun. <laughs> You're not a woodworker, but like, this is great. This is applicable <clears throat> stuff. So yeah, so absolutely. yeah, I'm, 
I went on a huge internet binge. I did a whole bunch of research. That's a whole bunch of podcasts. I went, oh my gosh, guys. I literally, I went everywhere from like wood, like the base of wood, the fix of wood, what all is going on there to trees, all the way down to like the plant cells and like how they photosynthesize all the way down to like quantum mechanics and how like the atoms work. <laughs> like I went deep down into these rabbit holes. Did you learn how to time travel with quantum mechanics and stuff? I did not yet. Mm. Maybe maybe next time I'm on, I'll figure that out. But maybe you could turn yourself into like tree man. Yes. In the quantum realm. So it's too. it's not that I don't want to learn about the quantum physics of the <laughs> molecular do, I structure. I plan on going that deep into it. Um, <laughs> it's just it's where that, my mind went. <laughs> it's that I wouldn't understand it. My mind would yeah. not grasp it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's so not like, nice to talk about that. <laughs> I already have mind-blown moments when I look at like lumber inventory and I'm like, oh, that's weird. Douglas fir has different structural properties just based on imperfections. That's wild. Like something that simple just is like, so, um, strap in. I can't wait. You can have your mind. I can't wait. (laughs) Now, do you want to just hop right in and just start talking about it and just let it go? Or do you want us to start with some questions? Start with some questions so I can at least have a good jumping point. Okay. How would you define wood? I can define a tree. It's a bush with a stick up the middle. <laughs> Literally. Like that's, that's, that's the definition. It's, a, it's an elevated bush. Uh, yeah. I mean, pretty much. It's got a central trunk with like bushing so around. For our listeners who don't know what a bush is, please describe that. It's a... Uh, It's a it's a bundle of foliage. Yeah, it's vegetation. It's like <laughs> it's wrapped like around a, a central like structural a central stick. Stick that's short. Sure. If it's a tree, it's a it's like stick. if you took a tree and chopped the trunk off, that's a bush. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are in for a heck of an episode with with how goofy I my brother get. How goofy so. Start with um, the difference between what would make good structural and building lumber versus good, like, woodworking lumber. Ah, okay. So, hardwood and softwood. Mm -hmm. Two different classes of wood, not defined by the wood itself. It's not defined by the structure of the wood. It's actually defined by how the seed gets spread. <clears throat> Hardwood is, um, here, actually, I have some notes here. Let me. I already learned something. Yeah, I was really, <laughs> he told me this a couple weeks ago, and I was like, whoa, that's really interesting. <clears throat> I did not know that. So, hardwoods are a species of trees that are called deciduous. Meaning they actually, those are the trees that will shed their leaves in the, in the winter months and the colder months. Um, and they, um, their seeds are like, like nuts or fruit, like something that's like encased, something that's like not just a bare seed out in the open. 
those are hardwoods. Softwoods are a classification classification called conifers, mm-hmm. and those are your evergreens, your your pines, um, cedar, cedar, spruce, Douglas fir, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So conifers, cedar is even a conifer will, then. Yes, which is okay. a softwood. <clears throat> sure. So those will drop the pine cones. So it'll drop like. The bare seeds out in the ground, like that's so why they're the soft. pine cone doesn't count as the casing then the hard no, casing. It doesn't, which is what I was confused about last time we talked. Yeah. But yeah, I was kind of surprised to learn that too. And I'm even also a little intrigued, like because um, maples will drop the little helicopter things. Yeah, so hardwood, th- right? But it's it's not like a, it's like a hard. It's not a hard casing. It's like a saw. You can just rip it off really yeah. easily. I mean, I'm I'm sure there's all sorts of nitpicky and, specifics to divide and, between the two. Then there's hard maple and then there's soft maple, but they're both considered a hard wood. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Huh. Um. So, softwoods uh, are actually usually usually general rule of thumb um, better for um, construction, like for lumber, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. uh, because the way they're constructed is just um they're usually they're kind of more the straight and narrow they they're they focus more on like the trunk growth so (laughs) i'm already if you're talking about straight and narrow with with any big box store that is bs they can get into that too and why (laughs) that's the way that they that's a whole different ball game (laughs) (laughs) yeah we will get there i promise you (laughs) i feel like we've actually talked about that a little before why why it's all bendy. Why lumber is so unstable, like two by fours and stuff in, in stores. I think we've talked about it. it. doesn't matter. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it this time too. Yeah. Um, where was I at? I could already feel myself going down so many different rabbit holes. No, do it. Like do it. So much of the process. Um, so your, your building lumbers would be your SPF. So your spruce pine fir. Um, mm-hmm. Cedars are used a lot more so for decorative looks. Mm-hmm. Um, what would poplar yeah. classify as? Um, that is a good question. I didn't focus a whole lot on the specific, like wood types. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't really go that deep into those more like kind of the physics behind what's going on mm-hmm. behind okay. everything. So I don't actually know the answer to that question. I'm sorry. I think poplar <laughs> is classified as a hard wood, but poplar is like, because it's not as beautiful, you know, it's very yellow. Um, it's not used often in a scenario where it's not going to be painted. So oftentimes they're using poplar right. for um, your pre-finished trims or, mm-hmm. you know, a bunch of other, other different, it different instances. Hardwood, but... by the way. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. And also poplar, like sometimes it'll be white. Sometimes it'll be yellow. Sometimes it'll be green almost. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's not, it's, it's often painted and it's good for painting because of the pores like don't, it's, it's very tight. So when you right. paint on top of it, it does not like soak in like Oak, you would see the grain pattern if you paint it on top of it. Mm-hmm. Poplar, it's nice and smooth. Mm-hmm. So the way a tree grows is it's able to kind of, uh, dictate kind of where it, it wants to put its energy Mm-hmm. So that's why you'll get 
these trees that will have sometimes they'll have massive leaves or sometimes they'll have really pretty flowers. Sometimes their focus will be on like just a really big trunk because the tree itself will determine where it wants to put like where, where it wants to where it wants to grow essentially. Mm-hmm. And that kind of depends on the environment, kind of what's best for the tree at the time, um, that sort of thing. So with conifers, softwoods, um, they don't put a whole lot of energy into their leaves. It's like little needles, um, <clears throat> at least maintaining them because they don't really need to. So mm-hmm. instead they will put that energy into the trunk itself. Mm-hmm. It's the, yeah, just like this, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll build that up. Like they'll put priority on that instead, which is why typically they're more suitable for heavier loads like construction versus mm-hmm. like, and, Probably and they reproduce. Flex, probably more ref- yeah. more flexible too. Yeah, they're usually faster growing as well. Yeah, um, they yeah, reproduce they very quickly. To them. <clears throat> so, there's that. Oh, I had a thought. Um, lost it. What I can add to that is, um, so your SPFs, your spruce, pine, and fir, are a lot less dense so they're going to be a lot more weak in terms of supporting an actual load um the only instances in which spf is really used structurally is when it's vertical so a stud right um anytime you're putting in like a window header or a door header or a beam um that's when you start getting into your dug furs because that's such a tighter grain pattern um, I have a chart in my office. It'd be really wish I had it right now. Um, over like a, uh, I think it goes up to 10 foot. So up to 10 foot span with no support in between, um, a two by 12 Doug fur can hold, I think it's like 370 pounds per lineal foot. So it's yeah. very strong. <clears throat> But pretty cool. I don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> huh. I don't know how it grows though. <laughs> Water and sun. Water and sun. That's Ooh. photosynthesis. <laughs> photosynthesis. Yes, but also <laughs> photosynthesis. Photosynthesis. <laughs> Did you guys know that trees actually have a mutualistic relationship with fungi down in the ground with their roots? No, I don't so know what like, that means. So like the the roots down in the ground, they're like they're trying to find water, they're trying to get to that water. And they have they produce these sugars they used to, you know, get it to grow. So there's actually a, a very specific type of fungus that'll actually like latch itself onto the tip of like the root. Hmm. So it can like extend it further to get like through those little cracks so it can get more like water. Whoa. And nitrogen, like other resources, and like it'll pass it back to the tree, and the tree will give it some of like the the sugars and stuff to maintain the fungus too. Hmm. Wow, right? that's really cool. Right. <laughs> oh, what you said earlier about roots. Um, so like you saying a, a tree like grows where it needs to grow, or I don't. What were you saying about that? No, oh, that was just kind of a little side tangent. Well, no, but I, <laughs> I was intrigued by that because um, like you look at a bonsai tree. I was always like, oh, what kind of species is a bonsai tree? Well, it's like any species. It's yeah. just like how you grow the tree. 
so I actually can go into that too. I want to go into it because I know some too. I've used yeah. this for sermon notes before, so shut up. All right, great. Let's stay <laughs> in my corner. Growing your roots into a strong foundation, you know, like a bonsai tree, you could like literally rip it off of its plate if you wanted to. But if you grow your roots down into a firm foundation, like Jesus, then you're good, right? Um, no, but like the reason why a bonsai tree is so small is because it, the like the roots don't have space to grow and the tree can only grow so big because the roots can only grow so big. But if you're in an open field, you plant an oak tree and it has as much land as it needs, it'll, it'll grow as big as it can possibly grow. But you lend, you limit a bonsai tree. You limit an oak tree. If you put it in like a plate that only has three or four inches of soil because the roots have nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. Do you have more? Benjamin, you're, Please. You're half right. I'm half right. Yeah. Please fill me so in. So how bonsais are usually maintained goes back to that whole like uh, energy consumption, like mm-hmm. energy focus. Mm-hmm. So bonsais, like they're maintained by like you take them out, like you pull them out and then you'll trim the roots. Really? Yeah. And then like you'll put it back in, plant it back in, and then it has to vote more energy into the roots to grow them rather than the trunk, the leaves, the the branches, all that. Whoa. So how often do you cut the, the bonsai roots? Then? Entirely depends on the species how well like how fast it the roots grow and that sort of thing but yeah otherwise it's the exact same species it's essentially it's actually kind of morbid because you're essentially keeping this tree in a constant state of like stress and torture by constantly like uprooting it and (laughs) chopping it up and throwing it back in there but (laughs) wow yeah there you go (laughs) bonsai's Japanese are terrible people. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's fine. We can cut it. It's a podcast. <laughs> Interesting. So if you did that to Groot, he would, that'd be terrible. But you can take like a bonsai that's been like a bonsai for so many years. You can take that plant it in the ground and like 10 years, it'll be just a full size tree. The exact same species. Because you take away the stressful environment. You yeah. Let it, you let it live to its potential. Exactly. That's actually a really great sermon point too. Anyway, that's really cool. Hmm. I like that a lot. That is interesting. So I wonder if you weren't to cut the roots of a bonsai tree, you let it, you let the roots grow. What would happen? Um, There would be certain limitations. Um. Actually, what would end up happening is the roots would overgrow their container. Mm-hmm. And again, tree would be in the constant state of stress, but probably, even more so, probably die. it would die. Yeah. Because yep. it wouldn't have any room to grow. It wouldn't have any like nutrients or right. surface area to pull nutrients from, that sort of thing. That is really interesting. Yeah. Actually, the same thing can happen if you were to take a, uh, like a tree and dig a hole in your front yard or something. And like, if you plant that tree in there, but you don't loosen up the dirt around it, so like this dirt that's been packed down for so mm-hmm. long doesn't have a whole lot of room for the roots to get through. Hmm. So if you don't like give it a huge area, it's it's likely not going to survive for too long because those roots they can just grow to a certain point where it's essentially the same thing where like you're keeping a bonsai in like a little bowl, same concept, just bigger scale. Hmm. So that tree's not going to do too well. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's why like you see like you go into like a hotel lobby and you see a real tree planted in like a pot that's been there for probably years and years, but it doesn't grow any. Yeah. Because it doesn't have any space to grow. Yeah. Hmm. 
Interesting. Interesting. That's really cool. I thought so too. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what, I mean, obviously you can't build a lot with a bonsai tree, but I wonder what the structure of wood would be for that. Like, would it, would mm. it change Would the structure of the wood it, itself change the lumber that comes out know. of it? If I would have to theorize, I assume it would be the same because it'd be the same species of wood as like what you'd find out in the nature. Right. But just on a much but, smaller scale. Because it's been under so much stress during its life, do you think it would react differently? Like the, the grain would be more more dense? Or, I mean, yeah, yeah it'd I certainly don't... be more dense. The longer it goes, the more like growth rings it would still try to put on each year. Right. But hmm. yeah. I, I mean you know. couldn't you couldn't build much. You could build like some chopsticks, but nothing not much some else. Really wonky chopsticks. <laughs> <laughs> ergonomic chopsticks <laughs> that's right mm. probably like crochet needles probably work for that mm, yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> toothpicks so what else you got we travis do you have any other questions what I makes really answer yeah what yours. makes hardwoods more ideal i suppose um simply or not simply uh basically aesthetics are you more ideal like for woodworking you're saying? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Aesthetics um, because of the structure of the cells of the tree itself. Um, easier to work with. Um, more durable, usually more dense as well, um, which mm-hmm. can uh, lead to higher resistance to like nicks and scratches and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, think about else. It's yeah, it's it's much more durable. Yeah. Um you said that. Hold on, give me notes. <laughs> oh my gosh, look at seriously, look at how many notes I took. Holy crap. That's a lot of freaking notes. <laughs> That's a lot of notes. You can't see this over a microphone, but there's a lot of notes. <laughs> I believe it. So I didn't even realize, um, like you said earlier, that cedar was a conifer tree, and I'm really bad at like IDing trees. Oh, like, same. I know nothing. I, about I couldn't. It. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I mean, a walnut tree is pretty obvious because that's gonna, that's you walnuts. know, drop walnuts and smack you in the head. Um, There's a lot of them here in Iowa. Walnuts and willows is it's about as good as I can do. <laughs> I have an app that actually identifies trees. Oh, nice. So I've got I've got two different types of maples in my in my yard. I can't remember. I think I have a silver maple and some other hmm. some other maple. Like one one of the trees has green leaves and one of them has red leaves year round. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's awesome. really cool. Yeah. And I don't I can't remember. Somebody one of our listeners is probably gonna know, but I don't I don't know. I have to I have to look at my app again. Which I'm trying to find the app because it's really cool. Um, I only have a thousand apps to go through to find it, though. So I don't know how much you want to get into this, Travis, but I did look up, um, like the uh, the oh, what's it called? Like the grading, the grades for yeah, like, lumber yep. and hardwoods and that sort of thing. Like, what all? How much do you want to get into with that? <laughs> I mean, just hit the ground running. I mean, I know that at least in 
building materials, no imperfections is considered clear. And that brings a premium. Um, and then from there, it's like one to 15 imperfections is considered select structural. 15 to 30 is number one. 30 to 45 is number two. And then pretty much anything else is junk that they send to a box store. By the way, the app is called Picture This. I used to have that until it um, was going to make me pay for it. There's a uh, free version of it. Oh, yeah. It was going to make me pay. It, it it just popped up on my app. I pulled it up. It said seven free seven-day trial, but that's like seven-day trial to get the other features. You can have the basic ah. feature of just taking pictures. Gotcha. So um, my app, I think, is is wrong because I didn't take a picture when there was leaves on it. But it says both the trees in my yard are silver maple. But you can clearly tell just the structure of the tree is just different. Doesn't look like the same tree. That can depend mm-hmm. on its environment too. Yeah, but it's just the same environment. It's only twenty feet apart. Trees pick and choose, man. I don't. I don't know if the leaf color would change and the whole structure of the tree would change. Just That'd be a different like of, subspecies. But. Yeah, my it might not be as specific. Like it might not go down the rabbit hole of this is this type of silver maple, but it mm-hmm. says they're both silver maples. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's interesting. So anyway. Anyway, go back to what you were just talking about. Lumber grading. Um, there's different grade scales for hardwood and softwood. As right. I, I don't know if you know already, but um, for um, lumber, there's stress graded, non-stress graded, and appearance lumber. Um, non-stress lumber, you have grade one through five. First one being construction. That's usually... Um, that's kind of like your top of the line, like minimal knots, minimum, uh, damage, that sort of thing. Um, that paints well, that's usually used for your siding, shelving and paneling. Uh, you have grade two, which is your standard grade. Mm-hmm. And that's usually like, you know, step down from that. So bigger knots, mm-hmm. that sort of thing still takes paint well. So similar uses to what grade one would be, uh, step down for that grade three is utility. And that that's where you get start getting the splits and the knot holes. Mm-hmm. Won't take paint as well. That's usually used for sheathing, subflooring, and crate construction. Does that mean mm-hmm. anything to you? Yeah, like okay. shipping containers, probably. Yep. Yeah, that's yep. kind of what I was thinking too. Mm-hmm. But pallets, um, pallets. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, stuff, yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, grade four is economy. Uh, it's again another step down. You get larger holes, larger splits. Um. A lot of waste in there. Uh, that's usually, again, meant for the same similar things, uh, but also for uh, forms for concrete work. So like the mm-hmm. berries you put down there. Uh, and then grade five, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, no, I mean. meat with it. Yeah. And I think to a degree that that would transfer over to hardwood. Um, You know, I. And the, the lumber grading is mostly based on very superficial imperfections, um, such as your knots. I feel like if you if you transferred that over to hardwoods, then you would have to take into account more of your um your checking, your splitting, cupping, 
all of that fun stuff, but you probably wouldn't be able to grade it until after it's dried. Yes, that is correct. It's usually graded after it's reached the uh, the right moisture content. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, if you look at any any single two by four that comes into a yard, and we'll tell this to people when they say, why is your price so much more expensive on two by fours? Because Menards is three bucks and yours is four bucks. Well, we carry a number one that's been air dried to below 19% moisture, and then it was kiln dried. Hmm. If you go over to Menards, it's cut, sawn, straight into the kiln, out it goes. Mm-hmm. So the lumber that hits a lumber yard, when it's dried, um, air drying and then cut, it's done most of the movement it's going to do, right? And that's why Home Depot, Menards, Lowe's, Fleet Farm even now, they get such a bad rap for all of their twisting, splitting, bowing, because that lumber isn't getting a chance to do its moving until it's on those shelves. Hmm. Yeah. That all comes down to uh, acclimation. Yeah, it's, I was going to say it's not an acclimated environment either. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I, I also have looked a little into this too, and I might have a wrong understanding of this, but I'm, I'm so like these this day and age, trees are pumped out like really fast, and I'm pretty sure it's just like plants. Like there's certain like chemicals that are used for like tree farms that will grow trees much faster, which makes trees less stable. I don't know if that's absolutely correct. I heard that somewhere. I don't remember where I heard it. I don't have a cited source, but because trees are growing faster and somehow, if I, and you can look at like, you look at a house built in the 1930s and you take a two by four out of the wall and then you take a house that was built in 2005 and you take a two mm-hmm. by four out of the wall. You can bear those two by fours, look at the, the rings and you can tell that those rings on that 1930s board is way tighter. And that's just old denser. growth yeah that's old it's growth a, it's an older tree correct what i'm saying correct so like they're cutting down well maybe maybe it's not even the fact that they're they're growing trees faster but they're cutting them down younger they're big they're cutting them down younger yes correct now this seems like a good um soapbox to jump on um in terms of you say tree tree farming um just digging into sustainability a little bit. And I'm going to target this at tree huggers. And I think tree hugging is great to a degree until you get in your own way and defeat your own purpose. Right. So what a lot of people think is that, um, logging the lumber industry is really kind of destroying all of our forests. Right. Um, that it's it's depleting our our resources. Lumber is actually the number one um, most renewable resource on this entire planet. So mm-hmm. I'm going to pick on, not even pick on, I'm going to brag about them. Um, one of the companies that we work with is Weyerhaeuser. They own millions and millions and millions of acres in the U.S. and Canada um, of sustainable forest. And what's happening is they're going out and they're harvesting. They only harvest 2% of 
their forests per year. And um, I think it said they plant five to one or six to one. So every tree they take down, they plant five Mm. new ones. Wow. Yeah. So you're putting that much more down and then it's 30 more years before they even get back to that same spot again Mm -hmm. um, to harvest it again. So they're actually growing the, the forests were not just depleting them and calling it good. And you're left with barren ground that there's nothing to do with. Um, One other thing that I think is fascinating is when you take down these trees, people say, well, that's depleting our CO2 um, filtration. It's actually not true because your CO2 filtration, even though it might not be through leaves like that wood stays in your house, that carbon is still there that acts as a filter. So yeah, it's probably not going to be as effective, but it's still there. Um, one thing that they implemented a couple years ago, which is mostly used in building like tiny homes for communes or homesteads or whatever. Um, they have programs in which they track um, the number of hours used in machinery to harvest certain sections of lumber, the number of miles um, that it travels to, to the um, logging site to get traveled to its, its shelf where it's going to be sold. So there's essentially like registered documented lumber that's considered green, not like pressure treated green, but green lumber because you can actually track and they can say, okay, we want, you know, the, how do I want to say this? Like we want the carbon footprint to be under this borderline in order to do that. So some people say that logging in forestry is completely destroying, you know, all of our resources, but it's actually coming back stronger than ever i would argue that's in the u.s and canada we have extremely strict you know guidelines in the u.s and canada same thing in the eu um you know i'm not speaking for like the amazon that's literally depleting but (laughs) in terms of what we have here so (laughs) stop getting in the way and saying that we're depleting our resources because we're not so do you know then if they're they are have like Sorry. Do you know if they do have techniques to like help trees grow faster than what normally would be in nature then? I mean, would it work the same way as like fertilizing a crop? Right. I mean, like I'm that? sure that there's there's certain things um like feeding an extra nitrogen or something. Possibly, That's you know, I was I, thinking, like, yeah. I don't I don't know for sure. Um, but you know, if you're only harvesting 2% of your 10 million acres or, or yeah, however much no, you have, no you know, mm-hmm. yeah, there would be no need because how I long, that. maybe I just made it up in my head. Well, I, I guess I don't know. I don't know how the forestry technologies have advanced throughout the yeah. years, but I can tell you, like, if you give a tree a good environment, it certainly will react to that. So Mm -hmm. again, similar to kind of what I was saying earlier, like fertilizing crops, like Mm -hmm. if you provide those resources that the tree needs, it's going to grow. Right. Yeah. Healthy things grow. You you give it the nutrients it needs. It's going to do what it does best. And that's get bigger. So I guess what kind of you were saying earlier, the strength of the lumber isn't necessarily in like those rings. It's more so like how, how well that tree was able to grow. Yeah. 
throughout the years. And that you can look at a human body and say the same thing. Yeah. I mean, better. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's kind of the same idea of like steroids. If you, if a person takes steroids, yeah, they're growing fast, but doesn't ultimately in the long run does make you stronger. Correct. It, 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 it makes you weaker ultimately. Mm-hmm. And it, it messes up your, your whole system. But you focus on the health, like eating nutritious meals, exercising, you know, doing all the things. You start to see slower growth, but stronger growth and more sustainable Mm -hmm. strength. Correct. So I I think, I mean, law of nature applied. I think that applies to trees too. I mean, that's what my assumption would be. Mm -hmm. The Mm -hmm. fact that nutrients bring strength. So, And here's the other thing too. Within that sustainability factor, a logging company, there's essentially no waste. So it runs through um, the saw, you know, gets the the bark and everything chopped off. That doesn't go to waste. Um, your rejected cuts, they get ground down, turned into OSB. Um, mm-hmm. Any sawdust, bark. Most of these plants have regulations in which um, they'll use that to fuel uh, for their own power source. And then what a lot of people don't understand either is. Crap, I just kind of lost my train of thought. Oh, so you say we're harvesting younger and we we certainly are. But the thing with that is, is that we can make stronger products out of those younger growth trees. That's why Paralam exists. That's why LVL exists, why LSL exists. So your laminated veneer lumbers. I don't know what any of that means. (laughs) So your laminated veneer lumbers is essentially a bunch of super thin layers that are compressed and glued. Mm -hmm. And the same dimension of LVL can probably hold tenfold of what a two by 12 can. So you're using less material, but you have a stronger product. Another thing that, but th- is that be- that's not because of the tree though. That's because of the other compounds you're using in that product, right? Yeah, like correct. But you're whatnot. using you're using less, less, less of material. the tree, right? I correct. Just to clear that up. Um, a lot of people ask why subfloor used to be three quarter. Why is it twenty three thirty seconds now? So when you look at like the strength ratings for a 2332nd sheet, it meets industry standards to where that extra 32nd to get to three quarter inch is really kind of irrelevant. So for every 32 sheets that you process, you gain one extra sheet of four by eight subfloor. So you're more sustainable in that way. And when you think about how much subfloor is being manufactured, it's like, holy crap, you know, it really is, Mm -hmm. is kind of adding a lot, but just a, just another tangent. Again, my, my knowledge is more, more so in building materials and not, Mm -hmm. not hardwoods, but. So here's another um, tangent a little bit. Uh, I was taking a class on in college on, uh, Oh, what was it? It was um, protest. It was it's like communication through protest or so, something like that. I don't know. But we watched a documentary about this this group of people that was like anti-harvesting trees for lumber. 
And what they did to protest is they burnt down the building of this company, which is so um, counterintuitive. Well, yeah, it's counterproductive, completely counterproductive, because now this company has to rebuild their building. Like they're not going to go out of business because you built their building down. They're going to have insurance mm-hmm. that covers that. They build it up. You're literally wasting more trees. Like, how does that logic make sense? Mm-hmm. I, that's the only thing I'll say because it was. There's more, but um, it just it was like, come on. And the facts that you're laying down now is like, oh, like that makes sense. Like, there's so many regulations on this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, we're not destroying our planet by cutting down trees. Like, it's just not what's Correct. happening. There's other things we're doing to destroy our planet, but it's not the fact that we're just cutting down trees. But that's a different podcast. So, <laughs> Seth, you want to weigh in on any of that? My knowledge on uh, building materials is very minimal. I only know of cross-laminated timber. Is that it? CLT. Have you heard of that? Yeah. Is it just yep. plywood? Yeah. That's all I know. I, I learned about that. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> Hoppy. Yeah, I like that one a lot. I like that. That's really good. So I, I, this is kind of more outside of my uh, my wheelhouse now. So I kind of want to get back into like hardwoods for like yeah. building furniture type yep. thing. Yes. Um. Actually, about- I'm really interested in the Janka hard, hardness scale. Yes. Okay. Oh so- yeah, we need to cover that and moisture content. But yes, absolutely. Um, Janka hardness scale. Janka hardness scale was named after Gabriel Janka in 1906. Hmm. It is the process of judging the hardness of a wood by taking a metal ball that is, um, fit the exact measure. So I have 0.444 inches here, taking that and pressing it exactly halfway into the wood. Uh, those numbers kind of arbitrary, but basically it's, it's 100 square millimeters is the surface area of the circle you'd get. So I guess just kind of a nice round number there. It is done with a two inch by six inch sample with a six to eight millimeter depth. Hmm. <clears throat> uh, the sample is usually taken from the trunk, but I mean, I guess it's that's not a branch of the tree. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's mm-hmm. like right. specifically from like the base right. trunk of the tree. Um, the, the part they're going to be using for lumber. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, with a specific moisture content at 12% and clear of any knots or defects. Hmm. Um, and at a certain, like how long after is the wood harvested that it's tested? Like after it's dried? Just w- until it gets to that certain moisture content. Oh, what was the moisture content? Again? 12%. 12%. Okay. Yeah. I forgot that part. <clears throat> um, so those are the specifics of what it goes down to. So really what it's measuring is the amount of force it takes to push this ball specifically into that exact controlled piece of wood. Hmm. That's crazy. So, yeah. You know That's how, basically how you measure it. You know how, like, um, you'll get a, a, a coffee bean from Somalia. It'll taste different from a coffee bean from Costa Rica. Because I don't the... travel there, no. <laughs> well, <laughs> if you go to a coffee shop and you have Somalian coffee, Costa Rican coffee, whatever... I worked at a coffee shop in college that had a ton. So I kind of got an understanding of this. Like the environment of where that tree or that where that coffee bean is grown changes the flavor. Like the nutrients in the ground, the, the air, like the all of that, the environment. 
changes the taste of that bean and the mm. acidity of the bean and all all of that. I almost wonder too if the environment in which a tree grows will impact this, like the hardness or density or or strength or like all mm-hmm. of any of that too. That's a great question. Mm-hmm. My educated guess would assume yes, it definitely would, because there are just so many variables to go into what all happens right. as a tree grows and, in a given mm-hmm. environment. And you've got like a walnut tree. I don't know. I, I could be wrong. I don't know if there's different species necessarily of oh, walnut yeah. trees. Well, they're, they're sure there is, but like <laughs> the reason why they're species is because they're in oh, different places. because of the regional environments. environments. Ooh. So like, I, I mean, I, I'm that would be the case for cedar, right? That yeah. would be the case for cedar. I mean, you have Eastern cedar, you have Western cedar, you have Alaskan cedar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look at that. It's look at us figuring stuff out. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm I'm also curious is if you were to take um, a, a walnut seed here and plant it in somewhere else in the world, if it would like it, make a it, sound it, when it, it falls. <laughs> if nobody's there, and a tree falls. Does it, <laughs> did it fall? Um, no. If it would, if the environment itself would change everything, or if like is there, like it's it's um, what's the uh, I can't. So what you're saying is you have this tree nurture, here. nature or nurture type of thing. Like you take a walnut from a tree here and plant it down in like Mexico. Right. Anywhere. Yeah. South America somewhere. Okay. Would it grow differently? That seed, not much difference, but as it gets more acclimated to its environment and over it, many generations evolves, of growth, right. many evolution, the the right. whole genetics of what's happening. Right. Yes, it would change over time. Macro evolution. We're able yeah. to witness it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just think about as simple as like what's in the soil, right? Like mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Corn. Iowa has Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Nebraska have the best corn in the world. Um, Iowa's the best. No, though Nebraska sucks. Um, <laughs> Nebraska sucks. Why are sorry if we the corn huskers. We should be called the corn huskers. Hate Nebraska so because we're what I work there. Nebraska is the worst. Sorry um, for listening to Nebraska. We still love you. We as love people. you. We're not judging you, and I'm sorry you have to live in Nebraska. Yeah, but <laughs> so, like yeah, corn that uh, grows in this region thrives, right? Mm-hmm. But try to grow corn in the south or the southwest it's not going to go very well like even up you know out in let's say a, a similar climate like denver you know denver's very rocky region oklahoma oklahoma's clay you know so those things are all going to grow very very different mm-hmm. just even based on on the nutri- nutrients that are around it yeah. within the ground. Yeah. I don't understand why Kentucky is so well known for its bourbon then. Because bourbon's like corn. Mostly corn whiskey. Maybe they hmm. have such crappy corn <laughs> they that the it. only good purpose for <laughs> the corn is to turn it into alcohol. And for whatever reason, it's, it's great. Kentucky we, has great we, grass too. We also, I mean... I feel like you can make great whiskey here too in Iowa. It's just Cedar not Ridge. known for it. Yeah. Like yeah, Cedar Ridge is award winning. Like oh, they have fantastic they have dude. billboards that say 
Sorry, Kentucky or whatever. And she thought about bringing some over to share with you. I got a, a special bottle from Cedar Ridge. And you didn't. Share. So I'm sorry. So it doesn't matter. I forgot an answer. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I forgot to text. I always forget to text. If you know me, you know that I don't text you back. And it's not because I'm not thinking about you. It's because I literally forget for months at a time. Can't Sometimes I think he, he's finally calling it quits in our friendship. And then he'll res- <laughs> he'll respond to all seven messages at once. Later. <laughs> but also, Travis, I'll I'll send you seven reels within an hour too. So that's the thing. Priorities. I'm, I'm asking him. I'm asking him questions about like Baker collab. <laughs> He's just sending you reels, and they're they've all been read. And then I'm just getting Fawcett Woodcraft sent you a post <laughs> by the Office Alliance. <laughs> yeah but Um, anyways back to jenga um jenga so i mean there i have a few like types of wood here at specific hardnesses um which i don't whatever Mm -hmm. kind of boring honestly (laughs) i'm already bored so just throw it in I'm having a great time. Keep going. I don't know. Like the weakest wood is actually balsa wood. That's only 70 pounds yeah. of force. So you can just take that, just pop it right in there with your thumb. So weak yep. it is. Um, the strongest one, at least that I found, is the Australian Baloke. And that's at 5,060 pounds of force. Wow. So that's like. So it, I'm not overly familiar with the Jenka hardness scale. So is the number on the, the hardness scale, is it going to be 5060? Is that what that is? That number is? 5,060. Five, right. Yeah. Well, it's just. It's, yeah. 5,060. It's literally just telling you the amount of pressure, the amount of force, like how hard you have mm-hmm. to push to, to get right. this ball into that mm-hmm. specific yeah. parameter. And that's that's the number that's used is five thousand sixty. Yeah, so this is all measured in like pounds of force. I've looked at it before, but I <clears throat> totally forgot all the details of how it's how it's laid out. So mm. That makes sense. Okay, so so are wood, there? It's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any numbers for like our most common woods that we would use? So like maple, I can tell you, maple's hard. Maple sucks to work with, but it's beautiful. Yeah, maple's um, all the way up. Uh, I have specifically hard maple is at fourteen fifty. So that's that's a lot of force. It's pretty hard. That's so. What's interesting? So for our guitar build, we our neck was made out of hard maple, and so is our body. But I think, and Travis, you can you might disagree. I think the body was way harder than the neck. Yeah, like a hundred. We broke off. We broke off screws into that thing. Even after oh, pre pre drilling it, we broke off screws because of how hard it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, th- I don't think the neck was that hard. Like it, it just, it wasn't, I, we didn't put any screws. Well, well I guess we did put a couple screws into it. And it broke. Uh, we lo- we broke those two screws in the tuning keys. That's true. It, but I still don't think it was as hard. No, and I would the, agree. The, the body was also spalted maple. I don't know if I mm-hmm. would change it, but. Ooh, you can spalt it too. I, I like a little bit of spalting as mm. well. It's kind of cool. I might have to make this a two-parter again. <laughs> um. <laughs> Gosh, dude, you saw how many notes I had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could talk about this all night. That's a 10 parter. <laughs> um, talking about, talking about hard maple, hard. Um, oh, yeah. Keep in mind, all these numbers I'm listing off is like the average. Right. 
So like right. obviously you're going to get some that fluctuate from that. Right. So mm-hmm. you could get a really hard piece of hard maple, and the next one's going to be like I'm working with pine. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm also Hello. again I'm also interested in the fact: is this average American? Is yes. it is it Canadian? Like a lot of hard maple stuff comes from Canada, but like it's not, a, not always. It's but... just the universal scale they use. So I mean, yeah. sure, yeah, I mean it's in pounds, it's not in kilograms. Mm. Sure, they could convert it to kilograms. It's just a, it's just a, it's a measurement of force. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Anyway, cool. <clears throat> anyway, do you want to continue on that list? If you had, if uh, you yeah, I got like black walnut, one thousand ten pounds of force. Cherry nine ninety five, red oak twelve ninety, white oak thirteen sixty. I don't know. I just got a got a list of like the more common hmm. least. Repeat the oaks again. Uh, white oak is at one thousand three hundred sixty pounds of force, hmm. and I have red oak here at one thousand two hundred and ninety pounds. Wow, I'm that surprises me. Um, a because I thought oak was probably going to be more in the cherry realm um it's not but too far off i guess it's like 300 pounds that's a lot <laughs> b i really thought that um white oak would be less dense than red ah so be- hardness and density don't always correlate okay explain so you can have something that's like that's really dense, really tight pores, that sort of thing that usually would impact the hardness, like the amount of force it would take to like penetrate those cells. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's entirely dependent on the cell structure itself, how much like cellulose is in the wood to kind of keep it from okay. buckling that sort of thing. So as I, a general I, rule of thumb, they're kind of correlated, but it's not always the case. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> like when we're hunting and we want to have a fire later that night, and we go out in the woods, we always look for red oak because red oak burns longer, which is yeah. why I mm-hmm. also would have thought that red oak would have been harder than white oak. But like you just said, that may not even correlate. This is fascinating. Mm-hmm. I have a, uh, I have a book about like survival and it talks about the different types of wood to use for different reasons. Oh, really? So like you, you, I don't remember any types of woods, but like there's a certain type of wood that you use for staying warm um, at night versus mm-hmm. the, here's a type of wood that you use specifically for cooking. Mm. Like just one burns longer, one burns hotter and, and faster, like Ooh. that sort of thing. I want to look into that. That'd yeah, be really it's, cool. It's really cool. I have the book in the other room if you want to borrow it. So look into that. I w- I'd love to read that sometime if I could. Yeah, it's cool. Gotta wait your turn, sorry. I don't I don't That's think it's right. like super detailed. It's it's more like basics of just look for this because this is the the outcome that you're gonna get from this. It's yeah. not like it doesn't talk about the science of it, but it's mm-hmm. really interesting. Speaking of I'm I'm gonna segue from books back to woodworking. Um I'm gonna start I'm gonna start reading some woodworking books like uh Drew Hall. Cause yeah. I I don't think I knew he had a book out. That's cool. No. Oh, he does no. book reviews. Oh, okay. Never mind. I get what you're saying yeah. now. Um, I'm not going to do reviews, Maybe, but hey, I just want to. This is your call to write a book. You should write a book. Mm-hmm. You heard it from you heard it from us first. That wouldn't it be nice podcast <laughs> that Drew Hall is going to write a book. 
<laughs> Sorry, Drew. <laughs> so yeah, I because I read Good Clean Fun, and oh yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, I've read like half of it. It's good. Um, it it's really fascinating because he does dive into some of this, but he pretty much talks about very briefly the difference between conifers and what's the fancy word for hardwoods deciduous deciduous thank you insidious yeah they're possessed that's what was in my head (laughs) (laughs) that's the word that reminds me deciduous it sounds like an evil word yeah you're very deciduous travis with your your maggots in your teeth that's right (laughs) i wouldn't touch you with a Nine and a half inch pole, or what is that? 59. 39. Wouldn't touch you with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> Deciduous, <laughs> Mr. Grinch. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah that... he doesn't shave, he just molds his beard off mm-hmm. <laughs> and peel like a skin or like it's a spalt. snake. I meant. It just spalts <laughs> right off. <laughs> I meant to say like a snake, and I said skin. You peel like a skin, you peel like a snake. We're being rude to Travis. <laughs> he's fine he's only sensitive it's fine he's got Sorry. his he's got his cat on his lap to to give him the, his comfort she's his been comfort super animal. clingy for some reason she's always more clingy to taylor but you probably have cancer <laughs> animals animals know that type of thing about people. i was so aggressive no have you ever heard that still and that was so far out of the perfect <laughs> have you ever heard that about animals like like knowing that something's off with that you? something's like either, wrong either with, like with your health or like your emotions like something like that like they just have this weird sixth sense they train dogs to like sense seizures happening mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's crazy yeah i mean it's it's really amazing so i'm what i'm saying is i'm scientifically accurate in saying that you might have cancer travis you should probably go get an mri i don't think that's accurate <laughs> and i'm gonna save my money and not <laughs> Um. Well, don't come to me when you have cancer. And so you're dying. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I back love to you, hardness. <laughs> All right. So you said balsa is at like seventy. Yeah. So in middle school industrial tech, we had to build these little towers out of these like I don't know quarter inch by quarter inch pieces of balsa wood it was essentially like a eighth inch your quarter inch dowel but they were square um and then we put them on a load tester and pretty much whoever got the highest one um most towers failed right around that 70 mark i do remember i won um mine broke 100 oh nice Yeah. The luck of the draw there, I guess. Yep. (laughs) So I did, I did uprights, four uprights, and then basically four squares, like every so many inches. And then I did cross bracing like that. And within that cross bracing, I did, um, so like this and like this. Oh, okay. Hmm. Hmm. So it took a lot, but. Did you do that in construction class ever? I never took construction class, no. 
So I, we did the attic construction. I think we did it either. I can't remember if it was construction one or two, but uh, we did we did like bridges like that, and we we hung them uh, between two desks, and then we would take a string and like put like books, like yeah. textbooks. Yeah. Yep. That's what we did. So on testing day, um, I had my bridge gluing like a couple days beforehand. Um, it was drying in like a storage room, and some idiot decided to like smash my bridge. So I never got to test it. Mm. Dude. It was it was just like Oh, I remember hearing about that. Dude, I was so mad. That made me mad. I was so furious. It's like, project. man, like I worked hard and I was so excited to see this happen. Yeah. And then it somebody destroyed it. I was like, what what are you? Come on. Anyway. Anyway. That's, that's so it's really interesting to hear back that. Back to your uh Balsa yeah. Tower, Travis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um the the this the hardness scale is basically only well, actually, there are multiple ways to take. Okay. <laughs> there are different, obviously, there's different sides of this sample of wood. You can take it on the side. You can take it like perpendicular or parallel with the grain. Um, but the way you had it set up was kind of set up more so like um, like lumber, like what you use in construction. So you're compressing Correct. it like vertically, which yep. has a lot more strength to it than something poking at it from the side. <clears throat> so I think Correct. you cracked the code. So how to figure out how to stack it vertically where you could pressure like just right to balance on the full mm-hmm. like, support of the middle part of that rather than just like whatever. But yeah, nice it was job. fun. It Good was job. fun. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. I want to say it was like 110 pounds. <laughs> That's pretty solid. Yeah. It was a weird little load tester. Like you, you put it on there and then you put this plate on top and then there was just this little lever that you push up and down. And as you pushed it up and down, you had to be consistent with it. So as you pushed it up and down, um, you know, it would add more and more pressure. Hmm. Kind of like a little like press kind of. Yeah. System. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. But the, the accuracy is what I kind of question because if you, weren't consistent in your lever pressing mm. then so you think it was like user error that caused the other people to lose as well in some instances okay yeah interesting yeah but hmm. i mean your tower shouldn't break under 30 pounds either <laughs> in the same token <laughs> awesome. like if it broke under 30 pounds like get out of here you did something wrong <laughs> you Sometimes noob. I also wonder if it's not the strength of wood but the strength of the glue joint too yeah they say that um your glue joint is actually going to be stronger than the wood itself if it's glued properly yeah so actually like uh glue is designed to go into like Mm -hmm. the inner workings of the wood itself to bond it together so not only have the strength of the wood but the strength of glue in there as well yeah yeah Mm -hmm. that's really cool i learned i mean that that stuck with me it was like one of the things that stuck with me yeah because you could i mean you could take a board glued up and you karate chop it like with the grain mm-hmm. and like it's gonna break not on that joint if it's exactly mm-hmm. yeah i was running something off the table saw one night that i had glued and it was just the cut off that went off the edge of the table saw but it fell off and broke and it broke in several places except the glue joint yeah nice so yeah it's pretty cool yeah it is it is really fascinating mm-hmm. and also good on tight bond for yeah <laughs> making such a wonderful product and and other glue companies but yeah 
tight bond. Mostly tight bond. Mostly just saying tight bond because we want a sponsorship for our podcast from tight bond. Yep. Or star bond <laughs> or gorilla, whoever we love all of you. Star bond doesn't make wood glue though. They just make CA glue, right? Mm, yeah. That's the only product I've ever used from them. It's a good great point. product. I love star bond. It's amazing. Never used it. It's great. I use it for almost every project in I some use capacity. Loctite at work. Mm. The CA glue? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have an activator for it? You like spray it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's cool. Um, let's talk about moisture. Yes. Yeah. Moisture levels. Moist. So moisture percentage. Moist. <laughs> <laughs> it's so Moist. take like Niche. a beer can. You, your beer can is the cell. It's a cell. Your moisture percentage is how much water is in that can. Moisture. Would you stop? I'm trying to teach you something. This is my podcast. How <laughs> dare you come on tell me and I'm sorry. Stop. Right. No my place. I'm the no, Seth, right. you're definitely in the right. <laughs> <laughs> you're in the right. Keep going. So moisture percentage is how much moisture. So how much moisture that sh- that cell? <laughs> my gosh! Oh, God. <laughs> moisture percentage is how much moisture that specific cell can hold. Like how much the wood can actually hold. So it's like a saturation percentage hmm. rather than like a weight percentage. Right. Um. Hmm. Okay. So saturation versus weight. That makes sense. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. Like like a cloth, um, like you can look at it that way too, like like a, like a sponge. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. So yeah. wood uh, has this um, this ability. It's, it's called uh, hydroscopic hydroscopicism, where um, it'll kind of absorb moisture from its environment. Um, so it, it, it just like it sucks it in like a sponge. Mm-hmm. So there's no like molecular bonding going on. It's just it's there present present within the pores of this wood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um so picture like the, the wood cells like a bunch of straws kind of stuck together. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And that's where the water sits, is like in those straws. Yeah. Which is why you have the different like you can cut a board when you have you're doing fine furniture building, you have different <laughs> Or like uh, I'll use cutting board for example. Like there's end grain, which, and then there's side grain, and then there's um, face grain. So there's mm-hmm. different ways you can cut a board and glue a board and use a board. Mm-hmm. Specifically, I mean for anything, but to like a cutting board, you have those different types. Yeah. So <clears> with <throat> that, if you get too much moisture, either expulsion or absorption, like if it's taking in too much or if it's putting out too much, it can actually warp those those straws those cells Mm -hmm. which is why you get the the buckling the warping the bending that you would Mm -hmm. like when you see it at like lumber yards and stuff like that Mm -hmm. it's because they're not acclimating it to the surroundings so wood can actually um where was it going with this where'd it go yeah wood has this property called uh EMC, which is equilibrium moisture content. Hmm. So it kind of like breathes along with its environment. Hmm. So the less humidity, humidity, the less humidity you have in your environment, 
the less moisture is going to be in the wood because the wood is going to sync up with the moisture in the air to kind of reach this equilibrium so that Mm -hmm. way there's no damage to the cells. Like it's all just kind of flowing naturally. There's an equal amount of like expulsion and absorption, that sort of thing. So when Mm -hmm. you have a lower humid, humidity humidity (laughs) environment, it's going to be a lower moisture percentage in the wood Mm. before you're able to work with it. Mm. Whereas if you're in a higher one, it's going to be a higher percentage. So like usually they say around like 10 to 12%. It's like kind of like the average. Wait, 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 wait. What happened? Travis, are you still there? Oh, yes, I'm still here. I don't know. My screen went away. I don't know. Like, oh, like something. the the wrapper. Uh, it's like aluminum wrapper. It like must have like must like passed electricity through my finger or something to activate it. That was weird. Okay, hmm. keep going. <laughs> Here on the Wouldn't It Be Nice podcast, we're not experts, but we want to be. There's always room to grow, right? Surf Prep Sanding has the same ideals. They want to make our woodworking experience the best as possible. And they do that through creating a sander that is smooth, quiet, and efficient. Since getting a Surf Prep Sander, I've noticed I can actually have a conversation with somebody in the room with me while I'm sanding, which is something I could never do before because of how loud my sander was. Secondly, when I sanded before, I turned my sander off and take 12 seconds to uh, slow down and you do that over and over again, that time adds up. Well, Surf Prep Sanding offers two second stop time. So I sand, I turn it off, within two seconds that thing is ready to set down. It's amazing. Thirdly, I used to hate sanding so much because of maybe how cumbersome my sander was. It's heavy, it's bulky, sometimes it's just kind of a nuisance to use. But with the Surf Prep, it's smooth, it's easy to operate, it's so efficient, and it honestly, it makes me hate sanding a lot less. So we wanna invite you to also try the products. Travis and I would not try to sell you a product that we wouldn't even buy ourselves. So we wanna offer you a code wouldn't it be nice that is wooden as in wood en it be nice that gives you 10 percent off your order on surfprepsanding.com go to check out the website and they've got all this stuff that you might need so go use that code wouldn't it be nice for 10 percent off your order thanks again for listening guys let's get back to the podcast so most here I got get it in my notes here. Most homes have a 25 to 65% humidity range. And that's just kind of like worldwide as a, as a universal average, like whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a huge range. Right. That's a big range. But that's yeah. a 6% wood moisture difference. So like, yeah. <laughs> um, and that can actually change a 12 inch wide maple board up to a quarter of an inch. That's 6% difference. Mm-hmm can make that much of a of a wow distance difference and that's difference. maple different types of wood are probably going to be affected different yeah, ways exactly cedar moves a lot size mm-hmm. absorption all that sort of thing mm-hmm. oak um, moves a lot i think i had something else here hmm. um so that's why it's so important that when you cut wood you got to like season it properly you got to get mm-hmm. You got to get as much of that moisture out of there so it can better acclimate to its environment. So that way, because if you put, like, if you have, take, say you take a fresh piece of wood and you put it in, like, a cabinet or something, mm-hmm. and then, like, you don't let it, you don't let that moisture out, it's going to shrink 
after you're right. done putting your product. And then like six months down the road, you're, you're going to have a panel falling out. Cracking and mm-hmm. movement. Yeah. yeah. All sorts of stuff. <clears throat> I've seen that in tables and yep. all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Iowa yeah. has to be one of the most difficult places to build. Oh, yeah. And that's no matter what yeah, I can see that. aspect you're in, whether that's concrete, uh, framing, or woodworking. You know, like yeah. we've, in our old house, we had doors that in the summertime would swell so much that they wouldn't close. Or they'd close really tight. Um, one time I put up a barn door. And... It was in the middle of the winter. I came back that summer to work on a different project, and that barn door was completely warped. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. And then that next winter, it was back flat. Super weird. (laughs) I actually have some notes on that. Actually, I have a picture of that to better. um, And you can even – and even another example is like my garage door, oh, depending fine. sometimes on the day, like my door will be harder to close. Mm-hmm. Some days it'll be totally easy to, to open and close. It, it does what it needs to do. The next day it's going to be like getting stuck just because of wood so movement. Actually with that sort of same line, if you have a project where you're putting multiple panels down, like you have a bunch of uh, like, I don't know. I don't know what to call them. I'm not, not that familiar with this stuff. But if you have like a bunch of like wood panels set side by side, mm-hmm. you have like the curvature of like the grain. Like you can see oh, like yeah. the rings. Yeah. You actually want to alternate those. So like one of them's facing up, one of them's facing down because mm-hmm. it's going to curve into the natural curvature of the tree. Right. Mm-hmm. Like how the tree was. So like you want to alternate them so they're not yeah. like all bowed. That was, kind of that's, even um, that's how I learned in woodshop class how to do that oh yeah i've I've heard the argument that that doesn't always matter if you follow like a youtuber uh lincoln street talks about that actually and he (laughs) actually argues that it doesn't really matter but um he he has his reasonings you can look at his youtube video because i'm not going to argue his argument because i don't know what it is environment goes into that a lot too yeah the environment like here in iowa it might be more important because you have that fluctuating whole lot more Mm -hmm. so to have that average out might be better for your your project you're working on right yeah but if you're in somewhere like more stable weather conditions yeah. like i can see where it wouldn't matter as much it'd be a lot easier to build in arizona than it would be yeah. here mm-hmm. yeah exactly um emily made this this wooden sign this pine uh she did this sign for her, her dad or something for christmas but and it uh she like the way it's glued up is it's it's cupping like um so the back is against the wall and it's both the ends are cupping outward so it's like Mm, yeah concaved yeah and i think for that very reason of the moisture content like the way that it was glued up those grain patterns weren't looked at in the cupping the way that the grains on the board like you're just talking about and it was very much a real world example of that happening which is why i do Mm -hmm. that because i'm like okay in iowa i think it's important to follow that rule so yes but also it depends on how well you're able to like season the wood because seasoning Mm -hmm. can take between six and eight months Mm-hmm. Yeah, like like a season, hence the term seasoning. Like, and it uh, takes a long time. Like, uh, are you talking like cookie seasoning or like uh, like uh, I'm talking like hickory, like like chipotle. a steak seasoning, yeah. chipotle. Mm. So you're gonna want to mm. take your lumber, you're gonna Church. take a bunch of salt and just <laughs> rub it deep into the pores and get that nice ring around. We're talking like a dry rub or or like a like. <laughs> 
Okay, keep but acclimating. I have a can you show, um, take, like come our joke portion of the show. Remind me to tell you how to cook an antelope. All right, this continue. Whole, this whole podcast is the joke portion. <laughs> But acclimating <laughs> can only take like five days. So like that's kind of like if it, if your wood is seasoned properly, the acclimating is a much smaller process. That's just kind of like getting used to the environment, mm. kind of letting it breathe a little bit before mm-hmm. you put it into your project that you're working on. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Huh. So interesting. Talk talk a little bit about how that process works. So it's it's basically you chop the wood down, you you um, what's it called? Trees, <laughs> trees. Wait, where you turn it into planks? What's that called? Milling. Yeah, sure. Mill it. T- chop the tree down. You mill it to planks, uh, and then you. Oh, even before then. Sorry, I'm I don't getting know. caught up on myself. It's okay. The nom- Chop the wood down. The nomenclature is not important. That's true. <laughs> and then you'll let it basically just kind of air dry. You'll let it air cure. You'll let that moisture kind of leave naturally um, by letting it breathe through its environment. Mm. Um, and that has two process of processes of which can be done. Uh, I think you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, Travis, where like you can have it like partially seasoned naturally and then just finished up in a, in a wood kiln. But mm-hmm. basically you want to get the moisture level of the whole unit of wood you're working with down to a certain percentage. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of the general term of seasoning that it's, there's pros and cons to each method. Um, obviously Probably doing it naturally, it's a lot cheaper because you can just let it sit there and air dry over months, but right, it also yeah. takes longer too. So what I've heard I've only done a little research, but like, um, if you're going to like dry your own wood, like you cut a tree down and you dry it, you get it ready to, to use in a piece of furniture. It, I think the general rule of thumb is one year per one inch of thickness for mm-hmm. your board. So your board mm-hmm. is two inches, two years for drying. Really? One inch, one year. I, I've heard that multiple times. Really? I think I even heard that on the wood, wood talk podcast. Hmm. And I got Matt Cremona might have talked about that. I could be wrong. I'm not quoting him. I'm just saying I might have heard that from him. Mm-hmm. I've heard it in other places. So, so you're saying like a, a two by four would take two years? That seems well, like a long time. Well, a two by four is only an inch and a half. So, I mean. Okay. One and a half one years. One and a half years. <laughs> yeah. That. I mean, yeah. But but there, that's also kiln drying. That That's just natural drying. That's just yeah. air drying. It's not kiln drying. Mm-hmm. Kiln drying is much faster, but it's... Yeah. But you have, with the kiln drying, like what I said earlier, if you have a higher expulsion factor of the moisture in the wood, it can damage the cells as well, mm. causing that warping the right. the Home Depot lumber yard right. level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you said two by four is only an inch and a half. Oh, and inch, what is it? It's an inch and three It four, is. One and three inch and a half that's, by... Actually, that's what I mean. Inch and a half by three and a, and by three and a half. Three, yeah. Yeah. So everybody says, oh, why isn't a two by four actually two by four? What a two by four actually refers to now is um, the size it is when it hits the planer at the mill. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Hmm. It used to be so, two by four, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, but now 
it's the size that it is. So anymore, it's actually just a lumberyard term. Mm. Hmm. But it's a lot. E- it's also a lot easier to say, "Hey, I need ten two by fours instead of "Hey, I need ten inch and a halfs by three and a halfs." <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because when you're talking about measurements of thicknesses of wood, um, mm-hmm. like when you're talking, oh, I need an eight quarter. Like when you say eight quarter, you you mean two, two inches. I mean it's two inches, and it's it is two inches, or it might be a sixteenth off. Like mm-hmm. if you like a four quarter is usually like fifteen sixteenths, right? And I could be Correct. wrong on that. That's my typical like experience with it, though. Is fifteen sixteenths is a four mm-hmm. quarter board. That chunk of that big chunk of rough sawn walnut that I have on my shelf mm-hmm. is I measured it. It's 16 quarter. So it's four wow, inches. It's thick. Four inches Dylan. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't make it past many math class, but, uh, the two by four shrunk too with, um, back in the day with shipping. Because if you shrink each board by half inch each way, you can fit that many more on a load. Mm. So that came from an efficiency thing. My cat just jumped wow. at a mouse on the TV. It wasn't. <laughs> if you heard it that. It wasn't a uh, materials saving thing. It was more of a, a efficiency of packing. Of shipping. Yep. Of shipping. Wow. So it wasn't like um, companies that's part that's part of it, but hmm. yeah, but yeah, hmm. now two by four just means pre planer size. Um, the one thing in building materials that I don't understand is why a two by four is three and a half, a two by six is five and a half, but a two by eight is seven and a quarter. I did not know that. And a two by hmm. ten is nine and a quarter. A two by twelve is eleven and a quarter. Hmm. Again, I'm sure it probably just has to do with the planer at the mill, but that would be my assumption as well. I I don't know, but hmm. just theorizing here. Mm-hmm. Why would the bigger thickness or bigger width of a board affect? Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. Maybe they shrink more in the kiln. I'm not sure. Actually, I think you might be onto something. I think that could be it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, except that would be processed after it'd be dried. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I don't know. Strange. I get, I don't know. I don't know. That's that's weird. Interesting. If, if you're listening, if you're listening to this and you have an answer for that, please let us know because we would love to know. On our Discord or Facebook community, you can find that it wouldn't wouldn't it be nice community on Facebook? But or Discord, send us messages on Instagram. If you Patreon in order to access our Discord, so do it. Do that. Shameless plug. Um. Anything else? Do you have anything else burning on your heart? To speak I actually about? have some more to talk about. Um, moisture content. Mm, if you mm-hmm. guys want, yeah. Dug through my notes, found some uh, specifics here. Um, so ideal measure for external or outdoor woods is between 12 and 14%. Again, you want it higher because it's exposed to more uh, humidity as opposed to like a controlled climate, um, controlled environment like an indoor mm-hmm. uh, type setting. 
Uh, but indoor, uh, it's usually around six to eight percent. Mm-hmm. So is that um, every four percent change in humidity is a one percent change in wood moisture content? Little. Little nerdy factoid there. I'm trying okay. to process oh, that in my mind, and I just so every four so, percent for air humidity is a one yeah. percent change. So if it goes, yeah, from I get, I get the math. I, I, I'm trying to in my head think so why in, that matters. It's sixteen percent difference in the air. It's going to be a four percent difference in correct. the wood. So that what would probably would have more add. to do with seasoning and acclimation. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Is where that would come into play. Yeah. So that's like going back to that equilibrium moisture content I was talking about, that that give and take, that perfect like breathing, I guess I'll say for lack of a better word. Um, that's kind of the the correlation there. So like like I was saying earlier, how you had a higher uh wood moisture content in a higher humidity area, that's kind of where the math comes in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. No. I'm just going to pretend <laughs> like I understood that because I just don't, but it doesn't matter. I'll re-listen to the podcast later when I'm not <laughs> tired and it's not 10 o'clock at night and I'm about to die. All right. You can call me up too for questions. You can explain it better. No, thanks. Okay. I think I'm we need kidding. a follow-up episode here. <laughs> um, The way you measure moisture content is kind of interesting, at least to me. So it, there are two types of um, moisture level measure tools. Mm-hmm. Uh, one meters, with, whatever. Yeah, meters. Yeah. One with pins, one without pins. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, the concept of what they do is they send an electrical signal through the wood because mm. the water will conduct that, that electrical signal, mm-hmm. whereas wood will act as like a, a, um, what's a resistor. Yeah. Like a buffer. Um, so that way it can, judging by like how much output it has compared to how much like input it gets, that can kind of tell how much made it through the wood mm, That's really to cool. get back to this, this input. Yeah. And that's how it measures that number. Yeah. But does the wood itself? No. Cause it would just measure the, the resistance basically of the wood. That's exactly what it's measuring. But, yeah. but does, but does a wood species change that is my question. Um, does the density no, change it? Does okay, it wouldn't mm. because it it would take the overall, um, wouldn't it like quantity it? of what's all happening there? Mm. Just that's pretty universal. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. There is this another is, way to test. A lot to think about. <laughs> yeah, there's. I feel like I came way over prepared for this. We got like six other episodes we could do based on these notes alone. Perfect. <laughs> Don't say all of them then, because we're going to need them <laughs> for future episodes. Um, there is another way you can measure the uh, wood percentage, but the moisture 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 <laughs> wood percentage, hundred percent wood. <laughs> Done it. <laughs> the moisture percentage uh and that's through like um an oven like a kiln testing Mm -hmm. so what it'll do is you'll take a control piece of wood and then you'll take another piece of wood that's like set to specific parameters and you'll dry it out in this oven and then like 
over time they'll they'll kind of keep weighing this wood sample then when it stops that's when uh, it's like completely empty like void of any moisture and then they'll compare it to the control piece of wood they had and that's how they know how much the control piece has mm, comparing the weight versus, difference between yeah them. yeah that makes sense yeah so that's just mm-hmm. another method you can use to mm-hmm. to measure hmm. moisture content that's, as well that's the probably the old school method yeah yep. yeah that was before um or technology things yeah yeah hmm. i wonder if that's more accurate um yeah they're both pretty accurate mm-hmm. like if you were to do the same test on the same piece of wood if you'd get the same numbers. it'd actually probably be more accurate to use the um the meter yeah rather than the oven because the oven can have some user error in it as that's well that's true yeah a more hmm. Um, more room for error on mm-hmm. the operator side. Yeah, yeah, it's a more complex process than just sticking a an electric device up to a piece of wood. Yeah, mm-hmm. and letting the device do the work instead of having to do, go through the process of the oven and all that. Yeah, mm-hmm. makes sense. Also, it takes a lot longer than right just putting something. It's kind of like taking the temperature of the wood and just put it up. Yeah, there. Uh, <laughs> it's basically a thermometer for for measuring wood. measuring moisture yeah. content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Say ah, uh, no. That's that is not the, that is not the, that is not even taking temperature. What am I thinking? Uh, turn your head and cough. Seventy percent. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh, should we? Uh, should we wrap this thing up? You guys, I didn't even talk about trees. I know so much more about trees than I know about wood. This whole thing we <laughs> talked about trees. We talked about wood. I'm talking about specific growth processes for trees and how they work. And I just, oh, I went down so many rabbit holes. <laughs> Keep that in your pocket for another All time. Right. Sounds good. I'll call you. So on. you should write a book. I should. You already have a book written. Basically. I already have a book. So many notes. We we talked earlier about um, survival and what woods are best for like cooking or whatever. So my um, Taylor's uh, stepdad was telling me how to cook an antelope the best way um, out in the field. So he said that after you um, hunt, you get an antelope, build a fire. Uh, you'll throw it on the fire, but the trick when cooking antelope on a fire is actually to throw a two by four or a chunk of pine or whatever on the fire too. And that actually comes into play later because he said once the the antelope is actually cooked and done, you'll just throw that away and eat the two by four instead. You, dude. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Hold on. You're lagging so hardcore right now. Yeah. Dang it. We didn't catch. We didn't catch the punchline. Can you? Can you hear me? We can hear you now. Yeah. Okay. You left okay. off by throwing a pine on the fire. As well. So you'll want to throw it like a two by four on the fire, and that comes into play later in the cooking process. So once that antelope is actually done cooking, you'll throw that away and eat the two by four instead because that's going to taste better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> mm. I was um. So on on vacation last week, 
my wife and her are in Ireland, right? And we're like, this is not a, not, well, there's a joke part of this, but like, this is just a story. So um, we're walking down the street in uh, Kilkenny. So we had just gone to the uh, Semitics brewery. And anyway, we're walking down the street. This Irishman comes up to us. We have our two kids in a stroller and Zeke's in the front. And this, I don't know if he was like just really nice or really weird. Like, I, I, I don't know. He comes up. Talking his Irish accent, I'm not going to try to mock it because I'm terrible at accents, but he's like, oh, you're a really cute boy. I could be your sugar daddy. I'm like, I don't, I don't, that's not even a joke. I don't know if sugar daddy has a different meaning over there. Like Mm. maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. There's a lot of things that like. Probably doesn't. He was hitting on you. (laughs) But here's the thing. People don't refer to like the bathroom as a bathroom. They refer to it as where's the toilet. Like I had a water closet over in Europe. That's not. But there's. There's but universal anyway, so, symbols so like for right, yeah. but but there's also it just yeah, it's trash. <laughs> People don't know what you're doing with your hands because we're not on video. Exactly, sure apply. Keep that clean so, reading. Um, <laughs> okay, so anyway, he's he's talking and then and then he says to my wife, he's like, "Oh wow, you're a redhead. Like you're so beautiful. Aren't the redheads more like the most beautiful?" Like he's saying that to me. I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I agree." He's like, wow, she could be a model. And I was like, yeah, I also agree. <laughs> and um, then like, as we're, we're trying to like cross the street at this crosswalk where it's like busy street. We're in the middle of the city. We're trying to like go to where we're going. And he's like talking to us. We're like, we got to go. And he tells us this joke and it's actually really funny. At least in the moment, it was really funny. I'll, I'll let you judge. He's like, um, there's, there's two pigs in a desert. One's, one's saying, wow, I'm really hot. And the other pig's like, you're hot. I'm bacon. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, the experience so I, of it, but the whole thing was like, what the heck just happened? I do have. <laughs> like he just tried um, to hit on my child that's two years old. Come on, get out of here. Anyway, continue. So I do have uh, a kind of a similar a, story. A sugar daddy joke. Yeah. But shut up. A Go sugar dad it. joke, yeah. A sh- oh, a sugar dad joke. That's actually pretty funny. Um, I did have a similar situation, but less creepy. So, <laughs> when I was in sales, I went to the Delaware County Courthouse, and I was leaving, and there was this super old guy. Like, don't even know how he was alive and walking. Just. <laughs> Super old. He was probably 90 to 95 is what I would peg him at. And he comes up to me and he goes, young man, can you help me with something? And I was like, well, I can try. And he goes, can you tell me what you would call 20 rabbits walking backwards? And I was like, what? And he goes, a receding hairline. And then he walked away like nothing happened. (laughs) I strive to be. That I've, I've heard that. I, I love that joke. Yeah. In a line. And he receded as well. He just like ducked out and disappeared like nothing happened. <laughs> uh, that's good. Do you know what one of the most impressive inventions ever made is? Um, no. Whiteboards. They're truly remarkable. Mm hmm. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I like that one. I got another one. What do old people smell like? 
Shut up. That's my joke. It's my joke. Quit it. It's not my joke, but it's my favorite joke. It's a good one. I, Old Spice. I, I liked your answer too, Travis. That was pretty good. <laughs> Although I do have another one. What do you call a dog who's also a magician? Mm. A labracadabrador. <laughs> mm. <laughs> That's a good one. Did you know that Amazon originally was named um, Cadabra, but for they were in court talking about the name, and somebody thought it was Cadaver, so they oh, so they changed really? it because of that. Yeah. Oh man, it it was like the idea was like it's like magic, like the way they're able to do their the shipping or, or like all their their whole idea was like it's magic that you can go as fast as you can, like <laughs> Abracadabra, <laughs> but because that. it was so close to cadaver it was like this is probably not a good idea yeah hmm. anyway i found out i was afraid of elevators the other day so now i'm taking steps to avoid them <laughs> nice mm. man oh there's a joke the other day i heard and i wanted to share it but i forgot it i told a dirty joke on the elevator the other day it was wrong on so many levels nice <laughs> I used to work at the calendar factory, but I got fired for taking too many days off. <laughs> These are remarkable. Calendar factory. Just like a whiteboard, Travis. Yeah, just like a whiteboard. That's right. <laughs> oh. I might I might cadabra myself right to bed. I I'm not sure if you mean could could Cadaver or I'm gonna am, I'm gonna Amazon myself to bed. <laughs> Same day shipping. Let's go. <laughs> well, everybody, thank you for listening to this episode. Oh, thank you, please. Seth. Thank you. Yeah, thank hey, you. Hey man, I'm, on. I'm so glad to be here. I was so excited for this, and I hope we will encounter each other later on in the future. Probably not. I think I'm I think I'm just going <laughs> to cut you out of my whole page. I'm, I'm so harsh to you. I'm so sorry. I love you so much. That's right. Tough love. I thank you. Thank you for coming on and thank you for having lots of laughs and teaching us some things about wood. 